0: Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout, shows produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, and here on the Foxy Podcast. We try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number 101 of the Foxy Podcast show. Hope you're all doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. We have a special show for you this time. Andrew Weathers who you're hearing a track from behind me right now, is out on the road touring this summer. And he recently stopped by Mankato to perform an in-studio session here at the KMSU studios. Andrew is a thoughtful musician whose work often blurs the lines between American folk and experimental music traditions, incorporating elements of both composition and improvisation. And since roughly 2009, Andrew has been active as a solo artist, and he has regularly performed in various group and collaborative projects such as his Andrew Weathers Ensemble and the Real Life Rock and Roll Band. So in much of the first half of the show, we'll be focusing on Andrew's musical output. Then, in the second half, Andrew and his partner Gretchen Korsmo they hung out with me and discussed their work together with running the Full Spectrum Records label, and some of their recent life changes that resulted in a move from Oakland, California, to Littlefield, Texas, where their other cassette sub-label, Editions Littlefield, takes its name from. And throughout this part of the show, we play a bunch of the newer music that has come out on Full Spectrum and Editions Littlefield, including some a few forthcoming titles. And a lot of ground was covered and good discussions were had, so I do hope that you'll stick with us throughout the entirety of this show. But Before we get into Andrew's live in-studio session, I thought I'd play some tracks from his back catalog, starting off with this one called "Acatillo Band, from his cassette Mojave Between Ludlow and Needles. Here again is Andrew Weathers. you <laughs> What you just heard in that set was real-life rock and roll band there to round things off with a track called Let Me Sleep uh, from a single that was backed with Death is a Narrow Sea, a group that Andrew plays in. And then in front of that from Andrew Weathers' Ensemble, a release that came out a few years ago, an LP called I'll Censor Myself, F Everybody, You Can Do Anything. We heard a track called You Are Powerful and We Are Taking Over, and then again, at the very top of that set, we heard Andrew Weathers' solo with a track called Octio Band from a cassette release, Mojave Between Ludlow and Needles. And it's at this time that we're going to hand things over to Andrew live over in the studios. Right, we are joined here now with uh, Andrew Weathers and uh, his partner in crime and running uh, the full spectrum label, Gretchen Korsbo. And thank you to both for uh, coming down to Mankato. I mean, yeah. why Mankato, right? Why are you there?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's like <laughs> if there are people there interested in jams, that's where we are as well. You right. know? There so. you go, right. So
0: now you can answer those other people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming down and great set there uh, in the studio. That was Thank cool. You. We Thank we you. ironed out the little kinks, the the humming and all that stuff, yeah. and it sounded good.
1: Yeah, yeah. The you know, it's like all the gear that I use is is kind of like a lot of people would consider trash gear, and and it <laughs> doesn't sometimes it's weird and it's yeah a, it's part of the whole thing
0: right you need to get an advanced degree in like you know circuitry and electronics and all that yeah
1: stuff. so you know some would argue that I have that <laughs> 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 but it served you well
0: it was kind of like the uh computer guy like did you turn it on or off yours is yeah. like do, should we just try another outlet yeah try another so, outlet and, and it worked yeah. but um well I wanted to ask you to you know you you traveled on here I thought we'd Talk about your music, talk about the label, cool. and play a bunch of stuff here, uh, cool. things that you have going on. But um, uh, probably in the first few questions here, I'm probably referencing pretty heavily this article that appeared fairly recently in Indie Week. We, in when you uh, were, Durham, p- North Yeah, Carolina. when you were playing yeah. out there. Um, but in it, it, it described how you both have recently relocated from Oakland uh, to this very small town in, in West Texas called Littlefield. Um, so that you were able to focus more time and attention on your art and music. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I was going to ask you, you know, what were some of the factors that motivated you to make such, I guess, what would seem like a major change (laughs) that seemed like it is, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a massive change and it's, it's a, I think a lot of folks it's come on as very sudden for people, but I think for us it's,
2: been a long time coming in, in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: I mean, we bought this building in uh, 2014, Yeah. and we've been going out there regularly. And it's just it's taken until now to get our stuff together to mm-hmm. actually move to Littlefield, which has uh, kind of been the plan all along.
0: How long were you two in in Oakland prior to that?
1: Um,
2: uh, I was in Oakland for five years, and but in the Bay Area for four years before that. Okay. So yeah. quite a while. And
1: I, I was there uh, just over five years. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess aside from maybe like the cheap rent, which would be an obvious factor. I mean, were there other aspects about a town like Littlefield that you found appealing? I mean, there's one thing that I kind of get the sense of in in your music and some of the visual elements that you guys uh, incorporate into full spectrum is that you kind of have this thing for like open, expansive spaces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that seems to be something that you're fond of. I mean, is that indeed the case, like where you're at and maybe a certain yeah. connection to the landscape of where you are in Texas?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, landscape, landscape, a sense of place, uh, uh, geography is all something that's super important to me. And uh, like the we knew that we wanted to do move to a town in the Southwest. And that was, that was a major factor. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I think it's like, there's this, uh, you know, uh, grand, like American history of uh, art scenes and music scenes taking place in particular places. Mm-hmm. And there's always venues and studios and people's houses that are, are, uh, kind of mythological, um, locations, Mm -hmm. uh, in, as you know, in our artistic history and, um, living in Oakland, it didn't feel quite possible to create something like that, that had longevity. Right. You know, it's like any, the, the, this time was so contracted for spaces and venues and studios in in oakland now and Mm -hmm. it's just expensive it's hard to keep something going landlords uh you know don't take (laughs) kindly to folks that can't pay lots of bucks and uh we can't pay lots of bucks and um but i think that we want that we want to make a place that's uh a place where we can work, and a place that our friends can work, and a place that we can build something that is, uh, you know, as permanent as, you know, we can imagine in our own lives.
0: So, I mean, you're kind of thinking of a multi-use space, not only for yourself, but for others to pass through. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you even mentioned, like, there's a a storefront to it, too. I mean, like, there's a lot of potential there. I mean, what are some of the things that you foresee happening uh, in, in this space?
2: Yeah. So the uh, some context on the space. It's it's a uh, old 1930s brick commercial uh, building in the in the right in the old downtown of mm-hmm. this little town. Uh, so we share walls with two other neighboring buildings. One mm-hmm. is empty and one is a boot shop. Um, and it has two small storefronts and an apartment in the back, which is where we've been living. And so I think the hope is to develop the storefronts into kind of a. a Forward-facing space, um, including recording studio space, that we're hoping friends will pass through sure. and want to do mm-hmm. projects there, as well as others just in the community. Yeah. Um, and
1: and I think building something that is uh, forward-facing to the town and to the the region is a pretty important factor. Yeah, it's like building something that's not only valuable to us but valuable to a region that like doesn't have the cultural resources of a place like. Uh, Minneapolis, or a place like Oakland, right? uh, right. Or even a place like Mankato, like it's well, I won't go that far. There's not a lot out there, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because it's you know, it's the kind of like classic uh, American mid sized town thing where everybody great leaves, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, in order to do their thing, and I think that, uh, that. People aren't doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. The great people are tending, I think, to stay in their towns and make know, a go of it. Make right. a go yeah. of it, and yeah. I think that's really valuable.
0: Well, yeah. What What do you think? I mean, I don't want to try to like peg some of the people that are in your area because that would be wrong. But like, I imagine people next door in a boot shop are going, "What are these people doing?" these artist (laughs) folks from oakland what the hell are they in Littlefield for do you get a bit of that or
2: we do get a bit of that i think there's definite curiosity but it's it's uh i think more than anything you know this town you maybe read this in the article but it had the classic they built the highway or the bypass around the town and so people stopped coming through the downtown and so and this age gap that andrew was talking about we're kind of right in the middle of that and Mm -hmm. so i think even just being young as young as we are is kind of a rarity there. So those things combined, um, and, and we're fixing this building uh, that otherwise would probably sit there. So, th- so mostly the reaction is just really positive. I would imagine that so, That people yeah. are like, cool, we don't mm-hmm. we maybe don't understand why you're here yet, because like, we're still working on it, so there isn't a forward-facing element yet. Mm-hmm. But I think people are just, Uh, really glad and happy to see someone coming in and doing anything. Right, right. Cool,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess going back to that article that we're continuing to reference (laughs) here, you know, it mentioned how your desire to tour more uh, uh, factored into this decision, too, and you stated in there that being on the road is the full uh, expression of the music that you make. Does this current tour that you're on uh, which I presume is maybe the first since you've moved. I mean, first it's actually extent, the, the second. Sec- <laughs> second, okay. Um, well, well, does this feel like a step in that direction that that you had envisioned, like being able to do to be out there for extended periods of time and kind of take it all in?
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I think when I talk about uh, touring being the fullest extension or expression of of what I do is is just the the idea that. Uh, it's not, I'm not just making music to make music. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to make something that, uh, gets at, you know, where I'm at and where my friends are at and where the world is at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hopefully it's something like a platform to, uh, discuss further or right. work through a lot of issues. There's like, there gets to be a lot embedded in the music. Mm-hmm. And I'm not someone that is uh I'm not an academic i don't uh yeah. you know I don't write essays about this stuff and uh being in front of people and being a presence is uh, like a physical presence in the world with my peers and friends in the right. music world is just if I w- couldn't do that, I don't think that I could make music right, right. or like i would I would have less interest for me. Right.
0: I mean in, in a lot of ways just a continuation of of the folk tradition. Yeah. I mean exactly. of just playing music for the people and being a part of a community. And yeah. that community might be fairly dispersed throughout the country, but yeah. a community nonetheless.
1: And that's the thing, is like uh this music is folk music. Mm-hmm. Uh and it may not sound like this that, but it's culturally for a lot of people, I think experimental music in, in the US in particular is a folk music. Yeah. And uh, it's we have the internet and it's incredible to uh, be able to connect with people. Like you know, we connected o- online, mm-hmm. and this is the first time we're meeting face to face. Right.
0: It's it was Match.com, right? Yeah, it was, it was Match.com. Yeah. so yeah, it's yeah. working. It's working out okay. It's great. It's <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be on the commercial soon too. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's like uh, I I'm not really interested in uh, forming friendships online that stay online. Mm-hmm. Um, I that seems incomplete to me. The internet isn't a, a fully complete space. Right, um, right. We we need to be in the same room sometimes. <laughs> exactly. You know?
0: Right. Well, th- maybe this is a good follow up question because uh, you, you have this idea that you play real life rock and roll, and is yes. that kind of building on the same idea of being in a room? with people in that moment is that what you're getting at
1: yeah that's that is a major facet of real life rock and roll okay yeah real life rock and roll is a uh it's kind of a it's an attempt to um collect all of the variety of ideas that go into like the philosophy of my music and i think a shared philosophy of most of the people on full spectrum okay Um, And And that's a major part of it. There's, it's, it's one of those things that I wish that I could explain. I had like an elevator pit pitch, you know, but it's just, (laughs) I, I, every time before I play a show, I try to talk about it and it just, every time I'm left feeling like, well, I left, you know, 70% of everything out. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, real life rock and roll. It's, it's a band. It's a, it's a way of existing in the world. Okay, Yeah. awesome.
0: Well, let's play some real-life rock and roll then. Yeah. Uh, we're going to play something with uh, a collaboration that you had done with uh, Seth Crisman. And um, this is actually something that you said you recorded at your space, right, in Texas, right?
1: Yeah, this is um, our edition's Little Field sub-label, um, which is uh, based around every, every uh, release in that series. Um, is based around a particular physical location, mm-hmm. and so uh, some of them are uh, more thematically based around uh, physical space, and some of them are literally field recordings oh. or uh, you know recordings in particular towns and buildings. Okay. And this one, uh, me and Seth did in in our building and around the region uh, around in Texas.
0: So we're gonna play the opening piece here. It's called Beacon. Yeah. Um, does this ring a bell of like the the sounds you were capturing? I'm trying to think. It's like some clattering sounds yeah, and stuff. It almost sounds like like the roof surface or something.
1: Yeah, Seth and I um, were out there working on the building in March, which um, Littlefield is in the the high plains, and um, so it is the flattest place that you will ever go. And <laughs> um, and March is the windy season, yeah. and so there's just this incredible uh, motion that. Is very scary sometimes yeah. that never stops. And um, so I think the that first recording, Seth contact mic would a. Um, uh, a no, 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 it was the power cable outside mm. the back of our building. And so there was a, a cable coming down from the power line, and Seth contact Mike that, and it's just oh, okay. rattling.
0: Yeah. Well, you can hear that here. So here again yeah. is Andrew Weathers and Seth Crispin with Beacon. Feet, hat
3: on my head, roses on my windowsill, blankets on my bed. I can't sleep and it's been raining for days. So I turned the TV on. Hear the babble of presidents, the rise and
0: fall of government.
1: Ah, it seems like a change is coming. I can't stop from worrying.
3: So you best, so you best come home.
0: Think about the future, think about the end.
3: about the Buckeye State, my best friend, freight yards and factories, roads I wish to drive again, how the money goes quicker than it comes. I get restless So I get lost in the streets Seeming begging for the keep I've gone to shit and I can't stand Could you please, could you please come on?
0: does it for me. Wes Tyree right there. That was Come Home, The End Is Near Blues from his great cassette called O Annihilator. And I am going to turn this down so that we don't spill the beans on the next (laughs) (laughs) track. Anyway, yes, Wes Tyree there. And then we heard uh, Blaine Todd, the self- uh, excuse me, the, uh, title track from his tape called Golden Apples of the West, two really kind of under the radar fantastic songwriters yeah. that, that, uh, kind of operate in the similar vein, you know, like raw Americana.
1: Totally. Like spooky. It, both of their music is haunted by something and,
2: uh, a little bit fried out. Yeah. It's
1: really fried. <laughs> yeah, and, I would agree. And, uh, in a, yeah. in a
3: good <laughs> way,
0: in a, in a very good way. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit more on this, set, you know, more specifically tied to like the label, the mm-hmm. r- running full spectrum. And uh, you know, you guys have been active for I don't, two thousand know, nine, two thousand ten. I thought maybe just an easy way to get us going here is just kind of give us the, while this sounds kind of nerdy, like the origin story, the origin uh, <laughs> of the label, because uh, there is another person involved too.
1: Right. Yeah, there over the years there's been a lot of people involved. Um it's kind of uh it started when I was in college in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um mm-hmm. me and a friend named Andrew Marino uh right. we were just making a lot of music and uh you know we, we didn't really know how labels worked <laughs> and how you know to get other labels to put out your music and so uh we had a couple records and we uh, decided to do it ourselves. The first one we did was, it came out in, uh, I think, January 2009 and it was a collaborative release between me and And Andy and uh, it was a recording with um, a CD with a uh, like photo book of uh, some writings of mine, some photos of mine and a lot of uh, uh, photos of Andy's because he's a really wonderful photographer mm-hmm. um, and then so we did that for a few years and um, since then um, it kind of when I first moved to Oakland I was in grad school and it kind of, there was a lull where we didn't really do a whole lot um, and then when I f- was done with grad school we kicked back up and um, Gretchen started working with us doing artwork um, and helping with the more like, day-to-day operational things <laughs> and then uh carl ritger um uh who is radare who we, right. he okay. was one of the first artists that wasn't me or andy that we put out yeah um, he has been helping us uh with with the label as well and and uh andy is no longer working with the label uh unfortunately yeah but okay. um but that's the
2: just us three. Yeah, yeah. just us three. <laughs> when and did
1: d-
0: Gretchen? When did you start kind of lending a hand with, with the art side of things? How many years has that been? I
2: think I think the first one I did was a glue glue tape. I think that it was first the glue glue, glue, glue tape. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, the tape coming. It's out. the yeah. pink one. So there's yeah. been two: a blue and a pink, and they kind of coordinate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was the pink one was the first one I ever did, and that must have been in 2013. Uh, 2014. I think it was 2014. 2014. Yeah. So yeah. just a few years. But I think in that time, the output it's, has been a lot higher. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, yeah. it went, went from four releases a year to like more like Nine, eight or, or ten. Or, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're prolific at this point. At, right? pr- at this point, <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Gretchen, were you familiar? I mean, like, I'm assuming you have some design background. I yeah. mean, but were you. Paying attention to things that were happening in like kind of the cassette world, or was that something no, that was like was kind of totally a new, a, new to me. a learning curve that yeah. you had to jump into?
2: Yeah, I mean, I met Andrew in 2012, and uh, I didn't start. I started working in 2014, and in those two years, I kind of started realizing all this stuff existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I started doing the artwork, I don't think I really was aware of the. Artwork, like the the whole scene of the cassette world, I am much more aware now of it. But uh, yeah, I just kind of did what I knew what to do and was making it up as I went. And I think I've improved quite a bit (laughs) that time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, is it fun for you to kind of follow? I mean, I I suppose like visually. I mean, there are some tape labels that really have a. I mean just you don't even have to pay attention to the music like what they've created (laughs) uh, visually is pretty fantastic
2: yeah there's there's a ton of stuff out there and I think some of those labels like orange milk and uh, like housey mountain I think some of their stuff is kind of cool and a bunch of others Um, but yeah they have like really strong visual identities right I think I think full spectrum like we have some of that but uh, I think we're al- doing it a little bit differently. Um, I like to, or I guess we like to let the artist kind of choose yeah. the direction.
0: That's what I was going to ask. I mean, how much? Yeah. Uh, how much input is there? I mean, or do a lot of them just say design what you want? That some matches? of them do. Okay. It's like
2: some of the ones that are a little bit more yeah. uh, bonkers are when they say do whatever you want. Yeah. And I'll and I'll be like okay, and then whatever I feel like in that moment, yeah. I just do. But some people like like the Blaine Todd one. He had a drawing that a friend gave him mm-hmm. that he really liked, and was like, I want, you know, he had ideas, and sure. so right, I yeah. just try to realize other people's ideas yeah. sometimes, and sometimes do my own thing. Yeah,
0: one thing, and I I kind of referenced this before, but there's certainly. You can see bits of like that sort of uh, digitized elements of maybe something like orange milk,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but sort of tied to or married to that sort of rustic yeah. element, yeah. and that seems to be maybe, if I, if I think of like the full spectrum aesthetic, that to me kind of seems where you're at. I mean, yeah. is that something that is
2: yeah. appealing to you? Yeah, I, I guess I have never really thought about it. I'm not. I'm not really good at putting uh, like visual ideas into. Words sure, yeah. um, and so sometimes I don't really know what I'm doing, and then when someone <laughs> else says it, I'm like, "Yeah, I guess that okay. is right."
0: Okay, well, we'll write that down and <laughs> no, yeah. take notes later. <laughs> Next time someone asks, yeah. Um, well, how did your time living in Oakland and, and studying at at Mills College, which you know is quite a storied institution uh, within the field of experimental music, um, how did that maybe influence the direction? Uh, well, maybe we'll focus on just like on that the label took. I mean, we could mm-hmm. talk about it in your own. I'm sure there's been countless things that you could bring up, but um, you know, uh, being that we we are talking about kind of melding like folk music and experimental music. Was folk music something in that place that was like, people were like, okay, yeah, I get what you're doing. Or, or was it kind of like, what are you doing? You know, folk music. <laughs> I mean, it's not highbrow enough. I mean, right. is there any resistance
1: to that in, in an institution like that? Not, not in Mills. And I think that that's one of the things that uh, makes Mills very unique is that um, it's really, it's unlike a lot of uh, institutions where um there's an you know pretty narrow aesthetic uh boundary for mm-hmm. what people are doing and at mills it's super wide and like i was studying electronic music and making mostly acoustic guitar music at the time mm-hmm. and uh no one really batted an eye at it and okay. i was singing these folk songs and it's it's uh kind of all taken in stride there and i think that that uh seeing a community that is so uh tightly knit but so widely ranging aesthetically mm-hmm. uh that was an influence on the direction that full spectrum took cuz yeah. we started kind of basically as a drone label yeah and um and i think a lot of folks still think of us that way um Go, judging by the demos that we get sent. And, uh, <laughs> and like, I think after being in, in the community at Mills, I was like, yeah, these things all fit together. Right. They, I think that there is a common ground between everything that we've released, even if it's not, uh, necessarily always in the sound of, uh, the music. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an ethos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that, that you were studying that like synthesizer and stuff Mm -hmm. like that was, was like the acoustic guitar kind of a way to like, just download your brain or something like to get away from that during your studies and that like, like a very simple thing that you could pick up and play instantly. Like there's something to that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I had time, I had, uh, space to make stuff and I had time to practice the guitar. And mm-hmm. honestly, like bef- before grad school, I was a god awful guitar player, <laughs> and and uh, it was a way to just uh, get time away from the computer, time away from reading text, time away from making mat- Max patches. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I have an hour or two a day to practice guitar, and I haven't had that since, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, let's.
0: let's uh, talk about this new batch that you have, the Summer Batch, and I think, yeah. is it officially out yet or is it, it still? It comes
1: out on the 15th. Okay. Yeah. When you guys get back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, let's talk about it because actually one of the releases, there's some Mills College ties mm-hmm. here to it. Uh, you have two tapes that are coming out. One is by Control Z and another one by a four members. Quartet. Quartet. Thank you. I was going to go Quartet <laughs> uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nakatani Nana Shuf and Woods. But let's talk about Control-Z because there are some linkages Great. there to Mills College. What's what's yeah. the story behind this Uh one?
1: Control-Z is a trio uh, uh, of uh, a bunch of my peers that, that were at Mills at the same time as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all folks that, um, you know, are heavily invested in kind of what you would consider highbrow electronic music. Okay. You know, they're... Doing really sophisticated things with uh, computer music and uh, modular synths, but they're all folks that uh, also play in punk bands and oh, okay. like grind bands. And so, which, you know, I think a lot of people would think of that as, you know, lowbrow, right. if you're, you know, if you want to divide things up in that way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that they there's overlap with like harsh noise and um and that sort of thing but they're all writing pieces for the band and uh you know there's a john cage piece on there uh they do uh pauline oliveros's music and so they're not they're not just kicking stuff out and recording it they're pretty developed they're improvised of course but they're developed pieces for the group right and uh I think that's unique uh, among the kind of modular synth zone. Because right. it's hard. It takes a lot of time and you have to spend time with the same group of people. Right. You know, over A lot years. of it's
0: just jamming, right? Someone sits yeah. down and jams for ten minutes, hits record and
1: that's and what that's they put the in. <laughs> yeah, and right. and like that's you can that's wonderful, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm really interested in what control Z does. And mm-hmm. um, I like the kind of merging of traditions of like this classical music approach of Mm -hmm. composition and, uh, kind of doing something that connects back to the history of this really, uh, wide ranging electronic music thing, but is, uh, done in a, you know, the 2017 way, (laughs) I guess.
0: (laughs) Yes. Any, anything that you want to say about that Nakatani release? I mean, that's quite a, I mean, that's, purely improvised stuff. Yeah, that's
1: purely improvised stuff. And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, probably that quartet will never play again. Uh, you know, or if they do, it won't be for a long time. Uh, and, uh, we were just in Milwaukee, which is where, uh, three quarters of the band is. Uh, and what they were doing is they had, they played a set that was purely improvised. And then the next day they went into the studio and they were uh, doing improvisations, but they were discussing it beforehand. They are short form. And, you know, so there's a couple pieces on the record where, you know, one track is, you know, Jam A and then uh, another track is Jam A Prime, you know, them trying to repeat what, what they had just done. Right. And of course it's not, you know, nothing like what you heard before. Right, and right, yeah. I think that's uh, an interesting approach. I think it's interesting how, uh, you can kind of approach free improvisation as this, uh, you know, you can put out a record that's a document of a living thing that happened, right. or you can say we're in the studio, we can use the studio to our advantage and it's still, on improvisational record. Yep. You know, and I think yep. that's what they did in this case.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to play a track from each of them and actually we'll tack on another one. But uh, yeah. let's we'll start off with this Control Z. This is was uh, written by one of the members. It's called Etude number 51. 51.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Ryan Page. Yeah, yeah.
0: So let's jump into this here. We ended up that set with something from uh Golconda, another fairly recent tape, I think from this year Even Yeah, huh? this
1: year that was March I think.
0: Yeah, from a release called Twenty Five to Forty and a track called F R two fifty three, which I like. It, they're all named after roads that travel. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. Again, kind of this idea of space spaces coming back that connect a lot of these things that you do. But um, well, kind of heading into this last little bit that we have a chance to talk. Um, you know, <laughs> going back to some of this idea of like uh, m- mission statements and uh, philosophies. I thought your uh, full length record that we started off early with uh, earlier with uh, the F everybody, <laughs> you can do anything. Does that kind of feel like what you two are like living out right now? Like, you know, just screw it, throw down, we're gonna do this. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I think uh sometimes that expression is misinterpreted yeah. as oh, yeah. like throwing up your middle finger Yeah. Like no. A, it's more of a positive yes. like yeah. yeah. So you're exactly yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: It's meant to be very encouraging. And right. I think I think it generally is taken that way. I think so. Only yeah. a few people have taken There've uh, been offense. some strong reactions. Yeah, and 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 it's I, I get it. And, yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where I was working on the record, and that title just was there. Yeah, and I tried to think it, It's like I tried to think of something else, but it was just that it just, yeah. the, the title became that and it c- couldn't be anything else.
0: Yeah. I, I would, you know, being that I work with uh, the youth of today, it's, it's, it's an expression that I want to use to them. Yeah. I don't know if I can get by with it in the role that I have. Yeah. Listen, kid, <laughs> F everybody. You can do anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I thought we would at least talk about some of the things that you have coming up. Um, again, we've talked about that you're on tour right now. Mm-hmm and it's not like this is almost over. You have like a good uh, month or so to go. What What yeah. <laughs> What else? What roads lie ahead of you right now for the rest of this tour? Uh,
1: the main chunk of the uh, next little bit is uh, uh, about a week with uh, Tree Branch Twig, uh, mm-hmm. who are from Des Moines, and uh, we're putting out a tape of theirs as a part of the Editions Little field series, uh, and they are a trio that does these kind of uh they it's like haunted uh, ambient folks it's not it's not folk it's it's haunted songs um and so we'll do shows with them and then they are going to be uh, in effect the the backing band for me as Andrew Weather's ensemble yep. which I'm really looking forward to uh the kind of band leader Lindsey Keist uh was a part of the band for the very first andrew weathers ensemble tour in 2010 mm-hmm. uh and so i'm excited she's played on all of the recordings since then but i don't think that she's played in it live since 2010 so okay. i'm excited to come so around to nice that again. to
0: reconnect yeah yeah um, yeah and and you also have um a new record coming out in the fall, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's called Build a Mountain Where Our Bodies Fall. That's And right. what's, what's kind of the, is that a full spectrum release or is that coming out on a different That's,
1: label? Uh, there's a, uh, the LP is on uh, full spectrum and then there's going to be a cassette release uh, on CJ Boyd's Obsolete Media Objects. Okay, okay. Um, and so th- those will come out um, mid-September.
0: And And if I remember correctly, I think reading about a, a post for the recent show that you did up in uh, St. Paul that it's kind of based around a certain song cycle from old, is it like labor union pamphlets or, or something? Uh, to that
1: effect? Yeah, it's um, uh, the Industrial Workers of the World, uh, the Wobblies published this uh, the Little Red Song book. Okay. And it changed over the years so it's a- actually a pretty big collection of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most, not all of the text is from that but most of it is. Okay, uh, And so it's it's kind of modified union songs Sure. Um, okay. and those, a lot of them are kind of parodies of hymns. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, this element of the spirit in it, but it's a, a little bit twisted. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Gretchen, I was gonna ask you outside of, uh, you know, like doing J cards, <laughs> what, how, what, what how do you, uh, you know, how does your own visual work i I imagine you're working on your own things outside of that i mean is there a certain kind of medium that you prefer
2: so most of what i've been doing is all just digital work so i just do stuff on my computer like uh 3d work uh i've messed with like modeling and rendering things and kind of collaging things that way um and i think part of what I'm looking forward to about being in Texas now is uh, having space. I think the reason that's kind of the medium I've gone to is because I've never had any space Mm -hmm. and it's a tool that I already have and I already know how to use the programs and uh, so I've just done that out of necessity and now that we have all the space, uh, I haven't really been able to realize it yet because various (laughs) issues with our building, (laughs) 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 Um, namely a leaky roof. Yes. uh, so that has been resolved, but only resolved right before we left. <laughs> so I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into more, uh, more physical, um, visual art, uh, things that are more tangible. And I don't exactly know where that's going to go yet. Right. But I'm, you
0: just need time, and it's difficult when you're traveling constantly. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think we when we get back in the fall, we're gonna. We're gonna be stick around for We're a little while. Stay yeah. home. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, while you're on the road, you can just start gathering the, the supplies that you That's need. Exactly That's what exactly what I'm doing. What so <laughs> there you yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. The van is coming home like
3: full of yeah, <laughs>
0: hitting up every <laughs> every flea market and thrift store along the way.
3: <laughs> yeah. What we did today. There you go. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I think we're going to head into this last block of music here, which features some relatively recent stuff and some mm-hmm. older things here. Uh, this one is kind of a unique uh, release in, in the catalog in that it's a reissue, and it comes from the 1980s. Yeah, um, And it's by an artist named MJ Lalo, uh, or Lalo. Lalo. Um, it's called The Channeled Voice, and I'll maybe let you just set this one up. I mean, yeah. it's a kind of a cool, unique, release within, like I said, within your catalog.
1: Yeah, it was a, a really exciting thing to find. Uh, I was, uh, when I was living in the Bay Area working for an organization that has a pretty extensive archive of uh, uh, recordings of avant-garde music, performances, and just a, a archive of CDs, uh, like published CDs. Mm-hmm. And I was digging around in a, like a box I found, and I found this collection of demos that had been sent to the uh, creative director, in, you know, way back when. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to them all, and uh, that one was in the office, and everyone in the office was like, "Oh, what? Like, what is this music? This doesn't like make any sense to me. Yeah. The sound of this because it's um, all vocal, uh, uh, processed with harmonizers and delay and a drum machine, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lalo." Uh, she made this album in the eighties, uh, kind of put it put it out there, and she did. She was performing a lot in the late eighties, mm-hmm. and I think um, she started in on a career of uh, doing as a voice actress.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that's her. That's her background, right?
1: Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what she does now, and I, and she's great. She's uh, not only a, a voice actress but uh, a teacher as well. Okay, uh, yeah. of of. Uh, I don't know what you even call so it. Like vo- voice Voice theatrics? Yeah, voice theatrics. Yeah. And, and Just a little more low-end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, uh, truly, she's, like, able to kind of synthesize yeah. these electronic sounds with just her voice and, like, really basic technology. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to find this thing, and uh, we were actually able to – uh, track MJ down and mm. uh, you know get her permission and work with her on the release and it was, was really like, exciting for how, us. How did you get that? Yeah, was, she. <laughs> it, it took a, a a little bit of explanation, like how you know you sent it to KPFA in the <laughs> '80s and like now I work for the yeah, uh, yeah, and so I think she's been happy that people appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's been a
0: wonderful. it's a cool yeah. release. Yeah, well, we're gonna play something from it. Uh, it's called Mystic Mambo, and I think this is gonna be it for us. So great, thank, thank you. you guys for yeah, stopping by. It's you. been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: All right, yeah. and here it is, M J Lala with uh, Mystic Mamba And that's going to bring things to an end for this show. I want to thank Andrew and Gretchen once again for coming down to Mankato and hanging out and uh, performing in the studio. If you'd like to know more about Andrew's music and about his current tour that he's on, you can head over to andrewweathers.com. Or if you're interested in checking out the complete playlist for this week's show, you can head over to our website and find links and other information to each of these releases. Our website is freeformfreakout.com. Or if you have any questions or comments for me, you can always get in touch with me at fffreakout at hotmail.com. Otherwise, check back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. And as always, thanks so much for listening.